We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello and welcome to the Esports Biz Show. I'm your host, Justin Jacobson. This week we'll be discussing esports data and analytics. Just as a disclaimer, nothing here is intended as legal advice. It's all the information for educational purposes only. This week's guest is Ben Parrow. Ben is currently the Senior Sales Director of Gaming, Esports, and Technology Brand Sector for YouGov. He's also a member of the Board of Directors for the Esports Trade Association, as well as a member of the Research and Data Committee and its Membership Committee. Prior to working at UGov, he was an account director at MRI Simmons, focusing on sports, esports, and gaming. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me, Justin. Happy to be here. Thank you. Thank you. So to start, you know, tell us a little about your past work experience and how you first entered the esports and video game business. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, I kind of landed into esports and gaming uh, on happenstance. Um, I am a gamer myself. So, you know, being a 90s kid, grew up uh, playing a lot of, you know, PlayStation and StarCraft. Um, but I started my career at, at a media agency. Um, I was working at Zenith uh, Optimedia, which is now, uh, Optimedia is now Blue449. It's part of the publicist group, uh, media agency holding companies. And it was there that I, you know, I started on a track to be a, a media planner. So helping, you know, brand campaigns and then taking the budget they have for, for their media spend and allocating it across different, you know, advertising channels. And uh, somebody there noticed I was, I was pretty good at the research side of things. So they, they asked if I wanted to take a job in the insights department. Um, so I, I did that and, and it was awesome. Um, Still, you know, nothing gaming and esports related yet, but that's where I cut my teeth in uh, analyzing consumer you know, insights from various syndicated data tools. Um, I did a lot of custom survey work and both quantitative and qualitative and got to be involved in new business pitches and all different types of things. Um, and I did that for a couple of years. And then um, I went to a measurement startup for a bit, tried to, tried to do the startup thing since that was, you know, everyone in their mid-20s was, was doing um, and you know, it was, it was okay for, for a couple, a little less than a year. Um, but they didn't have the growth projection that, that I was looking for. And, um, and then I found, um, Simmons research, which was a, a company that I was very familiar with, uh, from my agency time. It was one of the tools that we used, uh, every day. And, um, so I, I went over to Simmons in a sales role. Um, and it was there where, you know, this whole time I'm playing video games and, and, I, I'll be honest, I wasn't really following esports yet, but was, was still playing games. And 
Um, but it was there that they had a lot of agencies and brands who were coming to Simmons and saying, hey, like, what is this esports thing? Like, this is popping up a lot. Should we be getting into this? Do you have research to help us navigate it? Um, and <laughs> there was really not anyone else at the company that, that could wrap their head around it. So um, someone brought it to my desk and I said, uh, yeah, I think I can. Yeah, I can wrap my head around this. And that's where I like first became the esports guy. So I was suddenly, you know, that anytime there was anything gaming or esports related, uh, which, which just became more and more frequent, um, I was getting looped in. Um, and I helped, uh, help them adapt their tool and their survey and their research to, um, to be more, uh, representative of, of esports and gamers in a lot of ways. Um, and then it was, it was in that role where I met this uh, wonderful woman, Nicole Pike, um, and she was at the time uh, head of Nielsen, uh, you know, other massive global research firm. Um, she was head of Nielsen's gaming division. Um, and I got to know Nicole a bit. We, we overlapped in a couple of clients like Twitch and, and Blizzard, Act, Activision Blizzard and, and among others. And then um, I was really surprised when she left Nielsen after being there for a long time, um, you know, in this leadership role to go to this company called YouGov um, that I had heard about, but didn't really know at all. And I uh, got to talking with Nicole about why YouGov, and I'm sure we'll talk about that in a little bit, but she, um, you know, her and I were very aligned in kind of what we felt the, the industry needed to help it get to that next level. It needed, you know, reliable data on the esports and gaming audience. It needed that at the, the granularity of understanding that, you know, a League of Legends, um, follower or viewer maybe way way different than a Dota viewer or or a CSGO viewer. And somebody who watches these things as esports, that's also a subset of people who play these games on their own or watch other people playing those games on, on Twitch and other streaming services. And the nuances of these audiences were really important for any advertiser looking to enter the space. And there wasn't a data provider um, at that time um, that, that was answering those questions. So, um, with Nicole's leadership, we've, we've built that now at YouGov and, um, I've been here, uh, it'll be two years in, in a couple months. Um, and it's just been an awesome ride. And we are now, you know, I work with a lot of the biggest, uh, entities in esports like phase clan and evil geniuses and team liquid. Um, and then we work with a lot of you know, the game publishers and, uh, agencies and brands that are entering the space um, in a lot of different ways. So um, we'll, we'll talk about more about that, but that's kind of my background and, and how I, I got here. Okay. So it's kind of similar to me, you know, I definitely was a big Starcraft guy growing up, Starcraft nice. two. So I know about that. So I know when you were working at Simmons, you also were involved in, you know, traditional sports. So what kind of similarities you've seen between you know, the sports and the esports and gaming business? And what about some differences that you've noticed? Yeah, I mean, um, I think more and more um, the similarities are, are becoming very apparent. And um, one thing that's really interesting to see is how how many sports executives are moving into esports. Um, so that's just like a bit of evidence to to to, to demonstrate the similarities. But um, you know, they're similar in the respects that these are two things, sports and esports, that attract audience based on their passions. They're passionate about the game um, or they're passionate. And then that leads to passion about being a fan, about, you know, being a, identifying as a fan of a particular team. Um, you know, you, 
you meet other fans of that team and you bond with them and that becomes your community. Um, and then the way that, you know, those fans are, are, it's hard to say it, but the way that they're sold um, is, is through sponsorship. Um, so, you know, the way that brands are activated in esports is very similar to traditional sports. You can put a brand, you know, a logo on a, on a Jersey or um, since esports is primarily digital, at least the broadcasting of it, you can put it on an overlay to the, the streaming feed. Um, and so just the way that sponsorship is so such an integral part of esports, I think is the, the core reason why they're so similar. Um, and then not to mention now, like with time, the investors in esports, a, a lot of them are coming from traditional sports. You have traditional sport athletes who are, um, you know, making a new name for themselves in the esports world and, and getting involved. Um, so there's, there's a lot of overlap. And, and I think, you know, things like the Overwatch League, you know, there's pros and cons to it, but the way that they set up their, their league structure, structure, their franchise structure, structure that was designed off of traditional sports leagues. Um, you know, and there, it's, people can go toe for toe on whether that was successful, but, um, but still kind of the core business elements of, of esports are, are the same as traditional sports. Interesting. So kind of moving on to YouGov. So kind of tell us a little bit of the importance of data. So what is data and you know, how can a business, especially one in the esports and gaming space, use it to their advantage? Yeah, I, I love the question, what is data? Because like everything can be data, right? Um, so I won't go down that one. That's more like a philosophical question. Um, but what does YouGov do? So, you know, there are all different types of data companies out there. Um, when people think of data these days, I think their minds go to, you know, Facebook and Google and Instagram and the data that's being collected there just based on the things that you like or share or post. Um, and so a lot of passively collected data. Um, that's not what YouGov does, at least not sent the core thing that we do. So YouGov um, collects its data through online surveys. Um, so YouGov was founded 21 years ago um, in the UK. Um, and so it was kind of right, right around that dot-com boom. Um, and since then, we have recruited, we've built this panel around the world that extends to uh, close to 70 countries um, where we ask consumers, everyday people uh, like you and I, um, to sign up and then tell us how often they want to get a survey to their email or through a text message um, and ask them to fill it out. And that survey can be about um, you know, their attitudes and opinions on certain topics. Uh, it could be just like their general demographics and wh what they do with their time. Uh, it could be their media they engage with, um, the brands they buy and how much they spend in different categories. And then of course, like what are their interests? And if their interests are traditional sports or esports, they'll get more questions about, you know, what teams do you follow? What teams do you root for? Um, what are your attitudes around sponsorship? Um, where do you, where do you go to watch these things or to stay up on the latest news about, you know, the sports or esports that you follow? Um, what specific within esports, what specific leagues and games do you, do you engage with or do you like to follow? Do you play those games yourself? Oh, so on and so on and so forth. And we aggregate all these survey responses into a, a very user-friendly tool where uh, a team, like we'll use Phase Clan, for instance, they can go in there and if there's, there's a bunch of different use cases for, for someone in esports to, to use this data, but um, we'll stick on sponsorship for a second. So 
FaZe Clan is going to a brand and they need to show that brand why FaZe is going to be a good fit for, for that brand to sponsor. So instead of just going in and saying, look, we're FaZe Clan, we are, you know, the number one US esports team. Just look at how many people we have on, on, you know, on Twitter and Twitch who follow us. Um, we got Snoop. Right. <laughs> yeah, we got Snoop. We got all these big celebrities involved. Like that's definitely really powerful stuff for, for that brand. But with YouGov data, they can go a step further and say, hey, we actually know that FaZe, FaZe's audience, they over-index. They are more likely to spend uh, money on energy drinks or, or be interested in buying cryptocurrencies um, than you know the broader general population or even than other gamers and esports audience out there. Um, and so we can help them get super granular and build a lot of color into that narrative for their pitch. And then there's other insights in there to help guide them on what is going to be the right, the right activation point for a brand um, into FaZe's ecosystem. Um, that's one use case. And then we also will help them track success of that. So um, written into a lot of these contracts for sponsors are brand lift studies. So they you know, they're telling the, the company that they're sponsoring, um, we need to understand at the end of this, this sponsorship term, how, what was our ROI? What was our the return on investment for our spend with you guys? Uh, what was the impact to our brand? Did it help to, you know, even if it's more so than just click through or conversion on sales, did this activation help to improve the impression of our brand uh, in the minds of, of, you know, your audience that you helped us get in front of? Um, so that, again, that's still in the sponsorship use case area. Um, you know, broader and you know, other use cases were like, what is the who's the next fa fan of our team and how how do we reach them how do we convince them to you know come to us if they're kind of um not if they're an esports fan but they're not necessarily a fan of any one team how do we make them a diehard phase fan and again keep using or if phase. they play call of duty but they don't know about the call of duty league and the competitive stuff precisely so we can help them to um, and if, especially if they're not on Twitch, you know, which, which is, you know, rare, right. For, for esports and gamers, but, uh, but exists. And so we can find other touch points, other ways to, to activate to that audience that will engage them and, and hopefully bring them into as a fan long-term. Um, so, you know, all these teams are looking for who's the next fan. How do we continue to grow? We do also have a teens data set that, um, helps those things with, with the younger generation. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there's, there's a ton of ways the data gets used. We also do custom research. So um, I'll just stick on, on FaZe. Um, they, you know, they want to understand. FaZe is more than just an esports team. They're also a content company, right? So they want to understand how many people are, are, are here within the FaZe universe because of the gaming or is it because of Snoop and because of the other, like, pop culture things that we're doing or any one of our you know, specific streamers that has, you know, just built a lot of, um, a lot of love for himself. Um, so what, you know, they want to really understand this, this and slice the pie. Um, so then they can put more money into the areas that are proving to be more engaging and, and valuable for the long term. Um, Interesting. So when you're kind of doing these surveys, is it, you know, hundreds of thousands or thousands of people like how, you know, obviously everything is different, but, you know, to kind of get a good sample set. It'll depend. Um, it'll depend on, 
um, the campaign objective or like not the campaign objectives, the research objectives, budget, of course, is a huge factor. Um, I mean, an important thing, though, is you can go out to an audience of 500 people. And as long as you know that those 500 people are representative um, of the larger audience, even if it's you know projecting for an audience of millions, if those 500 people are well balanced to who the bigger audience are, you have, you know, pretty good statistical standing to say that the results of, again, even even a couple hundred people filling out a survey, that this is representative of the, of the larger group. Um, so with esports teams, it's probably not surprising, right, to you, to you and I, that um, younger people in general, and specific, specifically more digital savvy folks, which esports fans and gamers are, they are more difficult to get it's more difficult to get them to fill out a survey and take their time to do these things um so that plays into cost um again we're speaking about custom research specifically but um you know we have our we have methodologies um both on the recruitment side of things so we make sure that we have a balanced pool going in so we can project that out uh you know to the entire population um and then we have our methodologies on writing the survey and, and doing that analysis and the right ways to go about that um, and that just comes from, you know, expertise, all ba- all backed by, by math and data, of course. Amazing. So, you know, when you're kind of looking at some of this data or data, what kind of metrics are, you know, really important to focus on? Is there maybe something that people think is really important that maybe isn't as po- important as it actually ends up being? And, you know, kind of vice versa, where something that the public might anticipate is really important and it isn't. Yeah, I mean, I think, and I kind of alluded to this earlier, I think people get hung up on, they get hung up on like the amount of likes and impressions that, you know, a particular tweet gets. Um, And that is an important stat, but it's maybe doesn't hold, uh, it maybe shouldn't hold as much credibility as I I think it, it does for some folks, because, you know, you don't necessarily know a, was it memorable? Like people, someone liked it, but you know, that's in the one year out the other. Was there any action they took off of that? Um, did they see it and did they like it, but it left them with a bad impression in their, in, you know, in their mouth? Let's not, not to mention bots. Like there's also fake users all over the web. Um, so having these kind of third party neutral type insights to give some context to things like, online engagement, I think is really crucial. And, you know, early on in esports and early on in esports, we're talking even like five years ago, uh, 10 years ago, it would be really early. Um, there were brands that got into the space and they were, they were bullish on it. They were, they were sold on it because of these huge engagement numbers, but that they didn't see that turning into, you know, revenue, uh, or, or converting people long-term. And the industry has gotten a lot smarter about that. Um, because, the negative Im- impact of that was some brands got in early and then they got burned. Um, like, cause they were like, you know, we just spent a bunch of money to do this thing that you, you told us was going to be really impactful. And um, it didn't really do, do much at all. Um, so the industry has gotten a lot smarter about that. Um, companies like YouGov and others have also gotten a lot um, smarter about creating products like the ones we sell um, so that people coming from traditional sports and media into esports and gaming can have the same tools and speak the same lingo that they were for all other brand categories. Um, so, you know, I, I think a, a big thing, the reason that 
our data is so valuable is is the context. You know, being able to show how an esports audience is comparable to NFL um, or you know non sports fans. You know, what is you know you just have to have that kind of broader picture, uh, which sometimes data that's just online or being collected off of social uh, will not provide. So from the more talent and I guess brand um, agency side, what what kind of value could this bring, you know, in their conversations? Is it to identify talent as trending or more to present it to brands who they might work with? Uh, both. Um, you know, we do work with a ton of ad agencies. So both that specialize in esports gaming and, and not. Um, so again, it comes down to, I think context is key. So um, if they have, you know, an, an agency represents a, a particular brand and that brand says here, we have a budget for a quarter million dollars. We want to do something in esports. An agency will go into this tool to help them find the right, the right path. And, you know, agencies have their own relationships, but they, if they reach into their satchel of, of relationships, um, they still need to decide like what's going to be the best fit for this, this brand and the objectives that the, the brand, you know, came to us to achieve. Um, so our data is, is really insightful uh, on those things. Um, and then also measuring success, you know, as I, as I, as I said before, um, for talent agencies, um, similar thing, you know, a lot of these talent agencies have a, a general sense of the kind of audience that each of their, the talent they represent, um, attracts. And we can, you know, again, give them more context, you know, so if let's say that the brand that comes to them is Toyota and Toyota's like, Hey, we, you know, we're looking for a, a young female streamer to uh, promote one of our, you know, our next campaign. Um, we, the Italians, you can go into YouGov and look at young female Twitch viewers and build out a full profile of them. And that'll help to guide them on, all right, this lines up well with the profile of who we know follow, you know, listens and engages with this person, this person's content. Um, and then also when we think about messaging, we have thousands upon thousands of these attitudinal statements and, you know, everything from, um, I, I think uh, I consider myself an adventurous person, uh, or, I mean, I, I have the tool open in front of me. There's, there's literally thousands of these statements. Let me just uh, read off a few because they're some of them are very funny. And but you can start to think about like, oh yeah, that would be really useful to know. Like, how much does this audience over-index to agreeing agreeing to the statement that um, they don't trust advertising on TV or they like seeing real-looking people in advertisement um, in an advertisement or getting even more out there. Um, something like um uh, let's see um uh, so uh, so many to go in um having children is my main goal in life i am a spontaneous decision maker and tend to follow my instincts i'm always looking for new ideas to get inspired uh, i'm confident about my, my career and job prospects so you know, if we're, if again, I'll, I'll stand Toyota, if Toyota wants to reach a, um, adventurous young consumer who's looking to buy their first car, uh, our data can be insightful to, to also inform these are the types of other attitudes that will catch that type of viewer's attention. Interesting. I mean, I definitely see, you know, how the value of all this is coming to play. And like you said, from, you know, a team side to a brand side to a talent side, there's just a lot of different applications for it.
Yeah, it's all the above. Um, it, it's fun. It gets to you know keep me on my toes because uh, no no two conversations are the same. Uh, there'll be similarities, but everyone's unique. Absolutely. So shifting gears a little bit, let's talk a little about the Esports Trade Association. You know, tell us a little about your work as part of some of the committees and, you know, yeah. a little about the organization. Absolutely. Um, the Esports Trade Association, um, shortened as ESTA, E-S-T-A. Um, check them out at um, ES, uh, esports, es, esportsta.org. I'll say that again because I fumbled, esportsta.org. Um, they are an awesome organization. They are you know, they're a trade association. Um, so their, their whole job is to bring together people in the esports industry. Um, right now it's just, you know, us and Canada, but they have ambitions of expanding, you know, more globally. Um, so they want to bring together, you know, top decision makers, but also people that are, you know, maybe just starting their careers and know they want to get, you know, start a career in the esports, but don't really know where to start. So they put on fantastic networking events. They have, um, their big, annual summit, which is coming up in August this year in Chicago. Definitely check it out. Um, they do content series all the time. Um, I did a, a live stream with them a few weeks ago talking about some research on the metaverse and, and NFTs and other, other trends. Um, and yeah, and they just are able to share these great perspectives from, you know, some of the biggest names within the industry uh, across the board. Um, and they provide other resources to anyone, you know, that's, uh, that is a member of the association and they're led by some fa fantastic people who have been in the space for a long time, um, both, you know, building really successful trade associations and, um, and in gaming and esports specifically. Awesome. So I know you're on two committees. Can you tell us a little bit about them and some of the stuff that, you know, they do? Yes. Um, yes. So I am, um, I'm on their board of directors, um, which is an, an absolute honor. Um, and I, I'm involved in a couple committees. Um, I chair the Insights and Research Committee. So they have committees. Um, oh boy, I'm trying to remember how many committees there are. There's quite a few. Um, I want to say there's at least nine of them. Um, so they have like a, a marketing communications committee. They have an education committee. You know, the education committee is all about um, supporting uh, university academic programs. It can also be high schools, but, you know, at that kind of grassroots level of esports, um, you know, helping them to recruit or to put on really great events to help their students find careers within the space. Um, but yes, yeah, so I, so I head up the research and data committee and our purpose is to, um, make sure that the industry is equipped with the best resources or they know where to go when they have a particular question they need to solve. Um, so I get to partner with a really just awesome group of people that work at other measurement companies like Blinkfire. Uh, I brought in a friend of mine who works over at Team Liquid, um, who's you know, also one of my clients on the committee um, to get, you know, because his perspective using this data, applying this data to sales is really valuable. Um, and yeah, and then we'll also contribute to, there's a monthly newsletter that goes out from the ESTA. Um, so we'll highlight some, some recent data points or articles that are, that are relevant to the time. Um, yeah, so that's, that's the research and data committee. And then I'm also uh, supporting the ESTA chapter subcommittee, which is uh, part of the membership committee. Um, the ESTA just launched, uh, they're launching local chapters. So, you know, as you know, um, you know, esports is, all about community like that is 
that that is what esports is built on. That's what's going to drive it and make it successful long term. Um, you know, it sounds just like traditional sports be- because it is. Uh, but I would even venture to say that at where it is right now, the community around esports is very, very tight in ways that traditional sports is almost you know grown too large to be. Um, but so. With that in mind, we're also starting local chapters. So we recently launched a Dallas chapter and so they'll be hosting local events to support, you know, those chapters and businesses within their space. I'm launching the New York chapter. Um, we had kind of an informal get together, um, a couple months ago. I can't believe it's been months at this point. Time is flying by. Um, and that was, it was just so cool to see after COVID and everything, all the people that came out and, you know, so many people. They were just so quick to say, like, you know, thank you, Ben, for putting this together because we have been waiting for this. It's been, you know, far too long. And so really, I'd say the ESTA is, uh, you know, another fantastic resource in, in promoting just community and, and you know, uh, was rising tides raise all ships. So if we work together, we can we can all help each other out in, in the industry at large. Um, so really, really, really encourage anyone who's interested in learning more about the Esports Trade Association, go to esportsta.org. Um, and you know, I'd also be happy to chat with anyone uh, about it. Awesome. Well, you know, I'm definitely a fan of what you guys are doing over there. I've, you know, started to get involved, so I definitely see the benefits of it. So to kind of bring this towards the end, like, what advice do you have for anyone trying to work in the esports business? Uh, go join the the esports trade association. <laughs> um, no, I'd say if you're trying to work in the esports business, um. I don't know of, or I can't think of any community that is more willing to talk with people. Um, so go on to LinkedIn, find people that work at companies that you admire um, or are doing cool things and um, reach out to them and, and, you know, just tell them you're interested and you want to chat. And I would, I'd be willing to put money on it that more than you know any other industry, you're probably going to get a response and someone that's going to say, hey, you know, I'm, I'm happy to talk, even, even if they're busy right then, because there's a lot going on in the esports industry right now. Um, they will, you know, I, I, again, I'd be, I'd be pretty confident they'll get back to you and, and have a conversation. Um, there are other industry events outside the ESTA um, that you can check out. I know you were up at PAX um, last weekend in Boston. That is like one part business conference, one part consumer event. Um, you know, I'd say you know, going to those types of things are another great way to, to, you know, rub elbows with people that work in the space. Um, and, but yeah, LinkedIn's your friend. I, and I would just, I'd say that's uh, good advice there. And then one other thing I'd say just generally is just because you're passionate about esports and gaming, that's really an, a good thing to help, you know, drive, uh, get your, your foot in the door. Um, but this is, this is an industry. So definitely highlight other skills that you have, um, whether it's from, you know, marketing or business or finance or whatever it might be creative, of course. Um, you know, just, I just say, I just caveat that just having passion about gaming is, isn't, uh, isn't enough. Like you have to bring some real skills to the table too. And, and you can learn those things in the esports industry. And that's why, you know, you see colleges developing these esports programs because um, this is big industry. You know, this is, there's so many different types of jobs that you can, you can do in esports. You know, I haven't even mentioned like the production side of things, but you know, of course that's another huge arm of it. So um, hone your skills, network. Um, and, you know, I think, you know, you'll, 
you'll find you'll find the right fit for you. And uh, check out the Esports Trade Association. One hundred percent. I think you know that's some amazing advice. So, what's your favorite part about working in the esports and gaming space? Yeah, um, I'd say the community. Um, that I, I got to start there. Um, the people that I've gotten to know um, are just all so passionate and um, you know very creative and driven. And and you see, you know, I see going I, now that I've been doing been in the space for a couple of years you keep seeing all the same faces and it's awesome to see people see their careers really take off. Um, and you know, I don't, I, maybe some people look at me and they, they think the same way. I'm not sure I'm, I'm, I'm there yet, but working on it, but there are folks that I've gotten to know really, really well. And, and they're, you know, they were, they were bottom of the ladder when, when I met them a couple of years ago and now they're starting their own companies or they're, they're, you know, VPs and in, in these organizations doing exactly what they wanted to be doing. Um, and they just kept, kept leaning in, um, kept bringing their passion to the table and, and being persistent and, and they've, they've climbed the ladder. Um, so community is definitely my number one favorite part uh, about working in esports and gaming and, and the people, which is an extension of that. And then I'd say the other thing is just how much esports and gaming touches so many other consumer and media trends you know we have metaverse and nfts of course are like super buzzy words right now and that extends beyond um what we quote unquote think of gaming um you know gaming is now permeating into all aspects of of living and and what life is and entertainment and media um so another thing that i love about working in esports and gaming is is that uh that can mean so many different things and in in the position that i'm in in research that means supporting a lot of different questions. Um, and so I just love the, the creativity um, and diversity of the work I get to do. Definitely. So, you know, bring it all together, you know, what's the future for YouGov and, you know, what's the future for the Esports Trade Association? Yeah. I mean, um, the future for YouGov is, um, you know, I, I think we'll be continue to be one of, if not the most relevant consumer insights companies in the world. Um, you know, we, our relevancy is most apparent in the UK where we are founded. We are the number one most quoted data source um, in UK media um, for all different types of things. Um, so I see that continue to extend globally. Um, I, I think, you know, there's data kind of going back a couple decades, um, there were all of a sudden all these different data startups and there continue to be more of them that, that were founded. And then now we're kind of coming into a, uh, um, a, a new phase where companies like YouGov have acquired a lot of those companies and we're seeing consolidation across the board. And YouGov has made some really, really smart investments over the years um, and will continue to do so. And I, I just see the future of YouGov being very bright and it, it will be a household name um, you know, worldwide. Um, you know, if it isn't already, we may already be there. Um, and then the future of the Esports Trade Association, uh, maybe not a, a household name for everyone, but I, I certainly think it'll be a household name for any household where somebody works in esports. <laughs> um, and, you know, their relevance will, you know, continue to blossom um, in ways that they can give back to the community and provide value uh, to the community. Uh, will can, you know, continue to, to diversify and, and be really interesting and, and just 
you know, the esports trade association makes me warm and fuzzy. Like going to their summit um, last year was in the fall. It was pushed back a bit because of COVID. I'm so excited to go out in August to Chicago for the esports next conference this year. Um, it's just such a good time getting to see friendly faces and meet new people. And again, just, um, you know, talk about this industry we're so passionate about. So I see bright things to the association as well. Um, I see, you know, more events and the local chapters putting on some really, really killer events too. Um, and just membership just continuing to, to grow and grow. Um, because these, you know, this industry is so wide reaching and expanding every day. Um, it, it really does deserve an association like the STA to, to bring people together and, and, and help everybody, um, you know, reach their, their biggest dreams, frankly. Amazing. So, you know, thank you so much for joining us. This was really insightful. My pleasure. So tell everybody where they can connect with you. Yeah. Thanks, Justin. I, again, I really want to thank you for having me on your podcast. Um, I love what you're doing and and appreciate. Yeah. Just thanks again for having me here. Uh, anyone wants to connect, uh, best way we, to do it on LinkedIn. Um, my name again is Ben Paro, uh, spelled P-A-R-O. So just seven letters, B-E-N-P-A-R-O. Check me out um, and yeah, shoot me a message. I'd love to chat. Awesome. So everyone, make sure to check them out. Obviously, YouGov is doing some amazing stuff. So it's excited to see where they go from here. And thanks, everybody, again for tuning in. And make sure to follow me on Twitter, JustinJESQ, and check Apple Podcasts for all our past episodes. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.